Hello and welcome to another episode of Casting Views, a podcast hosted by me, Lou. And me, Dan. Um, Casting Views is a podcast where we take pretty much anything, topic that interests us, something's going on in the world at the time, and well, we cast some views on it. Before we get into this week's episode, how have you been? I have been, okay, I've been cold. It has been cold, yeah. It's like gone, basically, I feel like for any of our American viewers, the transition between summer and winter here happens in the space of about a week and it goes from 26 to minus four in the space of that week. Yeah, it it has happened really quickly. I mean, that, that that's the thing. So when was it? Yesterday morning and today, has been, yesterday was the first ice on the car. Yeah, because funnily enough, I actually needed to get to the doctor this morning and I went outside, put the key in my car, turned the key and it went and didn't start. And then when I did get the engine started, I pulled the handbrake and the handbrake line was actually frozen. So the car just didn't move anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) So that was an awkward one explaining why I was late to the doctor that I saw this morning. But, you know, one of those. I thought you were going to say the the impression. I thought you you said your car had turned into a seal. (laughs) (laughs) For our American friends, because I know they do in Fahrenheit, I was just quickly looking out this morning. So it was minus four when I left. Yeah, it was, was yeah. That's 24.8 Fahrenheit. So hopefully you're all shivering when you hear that. Although having said that, the States get mega cold, don't they? Yeah, I feel like in reality, <laughs> like we, we don't really get extremes of anything compared to what the Americans are getting, to be honest with you. Because whether yeah. it's extreme heat, we complain about 30, but then Vegas is like sitting at 43 in the summer. And then when you look at like places like Canada, they're legitimately in like six foot of snow when our trains can't run when there's been half an inch. But you know. But what's funny is though is I drive in the morning, so I defrost the car, drive to work, and then when I leave work, already you have to like pull the door open on the car because it's like frozen over again when I'm leaving. So it's like ice in the morning, ice in the <laughs> evening. And I've just finished literally. I'm glad you needed to delay by 15 minutes because I just finished watching Wednesday on Netflix. So I don't know if you've seen that. I've not seen that. Not seen. You know, it's based on the Adams Family, Wednesday Adams. Oh, you should watch it. Really good. No, I haven't. I've just seen all of the hype about the Harry and Meghan documentary. That's yeah, that all came that out been... today. <laughs> oh, and the Americans will definitely be hearing about that. Uh, <laughs> that's, it feels like the only thing that's been on television. It's like we've got wars going on in the world. We've got like extreme weather, but Harry and Meghan's documentary is front page everywhere. But how have you been? How have you been? Yeah, not too bad, to be fair. I've been all right. Like I said, apart from the fact that the weather's completely dropped off and I now feel like Jack Frost. <laughs> it's also one of the saddest films. I really hate that film. Yeah, I've been all right. Just nothing interesting happening in my life. Realising that the closer we get to doing our mini prediction um, review of our World Cup thing makes me realise how much more stupid I'm going to look when we do that video in the end. Do you know what? I haven't actually had a look at your predictions. You're still there or thereabouts, aren't you? Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Yeah. There's a couple of ones that are a little bit iffy, but, uh, you know, we're, we're ticking along, still ticking along. But yeah, unfortunately, our American friends were booted out of the World Cup, weren't they? Yeah, by Holland, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the Netherlands, unfortunately. <laughs> All right, I think we should move on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, before we get into our episode, which is going to be talking about something that me and Dan probably wish that we were. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, we're going to hear a promo from some of our friends, and this week it's Chat Tsunami. 
Welcome to Shatsunami, a variety podcast that discusses topics from gaming and films to anime and general interests. Previously on Chatsunami, we've analysed what makes a good horror game, conducted a retrospective on Pierce Brosnan's runs James Bond, and listened to us take deep dives into both the Sonic and Halo franchises. Also, if you're an anime fan, then don't forget to check us out on our sub-series, Chatsunani, where we dive into the world of anime. So far, we've reviewed things like Death Note, Princess Mononoke, and the hit Beyblade series. If that's sounds like your cup of tea, then you can check us out on Spotify, iTunes, and all good podcast apps. As always, stay safe, stay awesome, and most importantly, stay hydrated. And we're back. So, this week, a thing that we definitely want to be, what are we talking about, Dan? Lottery and lottery winners. Lottery and lottery (laughs) winners. I don't know how lotteries must work in other countries, but generally speaking, have you ever bought a lottery ticket in another country? No, no. I'm not sure if you can. I don't know. I'll never I think there's, that. Yeah, there's like a maximum amount that you can take if you do like win a lottery in a foreign country. Because um, I think that I was in Barbados and their national lottery was like 30,000 Bayesian dollars. Um, but it wasn't actually open to foreigners. So you couldn't buy tickets because you couldn't claim the prize anyway. And I thought to myself, I was like, in an instance like that, where the country's really small, you don't want to be taking out that 30 grand because that's actually a hell of a lot of money. Um, potentially for local economy. If any of our American friends want to get us in, we'll PayPal you the money and you can send us, <laughs> transfer the money on, you know, your Powerball stuff over there. Yeah. We'll I, d- I think you, we were able to buy Powerball tickets at, at one point here, weren't we? Maybe I, I don't know. Shit. No, it sounds, it sounds right, but yeah. it's one thing I didn't look at, actually. Um, so, lottery in the UK, because this will be our lived experience. There's two main lotteries in reality here, isn't there? Now, yeah, yeah. Yeah, now. So, well, modern day, so my era. So we have the National Lottery, which is just the UK, isn't it? Yeah, Lotto. Yeah, so it's the Lotto. Affectionately call it, because you've got to make it seem see more gamey, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, it's the, yeah. It's the, it's the Lotto. Hook <laughs> those kids young. <laughs> um, and what are the jackpot prizes for the Lotto? That's there. Well, nowadays, it probably runs up to about 20 million quid on a big, big jackpot, doesn't it? Yeah, you know the funny thing I was going to say, yeah, it's it's quite low, but I was going to say, yeah, it's around the 12 million, but 12 million is a lot. It's just yeah, it yeah. used to be when it came out, it used to be a lot more than that, yeah. Um, and then our second big lottery is actually the Euro Millions, which is played all over Europe. And the jackpots on that, I think, can reach, what, 150, 180 million quid was our last like really, really big one. Yeah, well, actually, I've got it here. The biggest jackpot on that, the 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 biggest one jackpot is one hundred ninety five million seven hundred seven thousand. Was that pounds or euros? Uh, pounds. Really that was. Jeez, no, that was pounds. One hundred ninety five million quid makes yeah. you richer than basically every Premier League footballer. Yeah, yeah, and the biggest lotto was sixty six million. Just oh wow, million. wow, yeah. that's a huge yeah. jackpot for the lotto because usually you see it and it's like two million quid, and then you get to the count, you're like not even worth doing. but you know i think if we at some point i'm sure i've got it i think that was in 2012 or 2016 so that was some time ago and it must have been number of rollovers as well yeah yeah so i've got a couple of stories and also a couple of well they're all unfortunate stories (laughs) i feel like the only interesting things to talk about with the lottery are going to be the unfortunate stories um so i don't know what you've come with have you come with any fact about lottery just in general i have you know okay yeah yeah so we'll we'll let dan kick off with the fact about lottery and then we'll go into i thought to myself i was like he's going to come with the uh the the history of the the national lottery (laughs) no well i was just going to talk about kind of when it was introduced in 
England and some things. So we got it for the first time in 94. And I remember when it came out, it was it was massive. It was really hyped. And I, I think almost everyone had bought a ticket. Yeah, like you said, we've got two main ones here now, the Euro Millions, which is sort of shared across Europe, isn't it? But generally, generally seems to be UK winners most of oh, the yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, honestly. It? I yeah. would say that of the big jackpots, every other one is probably a UK winner. Yeah. The lotto, you pick six numbers from 50, I think, but it's six numbers anyway. The odds of winning that are 45,057,474 to one. And the odds of the Euro Millions, the Euro Millions, you pick five numbers between one and 50 and then two lucky stars between one and nine. As you've got to get all five and the two lucky stars, the odds for that are 15,339,390. So not that bad, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's all right, to be fair. Only 15 million. Yeah, um, obviously, since then, they've introduced loads of other little games like the Thunderball, et cetera, et cetera. But the one thing I would say is that they have made the lottery harder to win and have put the price up, haven't they? So it used to be a pound, and I think it was 40 numbers, 1 to 40. It was 40 numbers, yeah, you're right. Yeah, now it's like 152 quid and and it's 50 or 60 numbers. So Yeah, so it's costing you more per ticket and the odds of you winning have been stretched. And the thing is as well, it's not like the odds of a winner happening have been stretched. The odds of anybody winning has now been stretched because of the addition of those 10 numbers. Statistically, yeah. do you know what the difference is because of the add-on of the 10 no. numbers? No, I, it's I, like I didn't find An that. extra 50 million to one now or something on top of the original statistics. Yeah, yeah. Have you got anything about the biggest unclaimed prize here? In... Funny you enough, got that? I do. But because you raised this with me before the episode and you raised it first, I'll let you take it off because I know that there's something specific that you want to mention. Well, no, well... Well, okay, let me loop round to that because what I was going to say, the biggest. Um, oh, actually, before I even go on to that, in the UK, if you win the lottery, I think it's tax free. It is, yeah. However, you will you will pay tax on the interest you earn on it or yeah. any income you make for it. However, in America, it isn't. I think they do have to pay a lot of taxes. So, the biggest win in American history was two point zero four billion dollars fucking hell yeah and that was recently i think so 2.04 billion dollars however when i started looking into it it was then classed as a 12.04 million jackpot right and what i said is it's the largest lottery prize ever won in the united states while the jackpot figure often appears as a single lump sum payment the reality is that most lotteries offer an annuitized jackpot in which the money is paid in a series of installments. So both the Mega Millions and the Powerball, which is that one, uh, is paid out over 30 installments. Winning either the Mega Millions or Powerball is a truly life-changing amount of money, but a fairly substantial proportion of the winnings will go on taxes. The winner of the 2.04 billion jackpot took home, and I'll, I'll add the word just, $628 million dollars in a lump sum uh, payment after taxes. So from 2.04 billion down to 628 million. Now, I'm not saying you can't live off that, but I'm just saying all that tax. That is a big sum. However, I would say, so I think that if you take the annuity each year, 
you get paid out the technically the full amount over the course of like the 30 years that you pay. That's However, true. if you take yeah. the lump sum, you're only taking like 60% of what the actual yeah. figure is. So whilst it seems obnoxious at first, they've probably only paid a 50% tax rate. The only problem with the states is that I didn't know this before watching a video on it, is that not only do you have like your federal taxes, you then have state taxes that come again after that. Yeah, yeah. So you get taxed by the government, like central government, and then you will get taxed by your state on whatever's left going into your bank account. So you get done twice, basically. But again, the tax system doesn't make sense because you could be in, for instance, like Washington, or you could be in Texas, or you could be in L.A., and you would pay different taxes based on what state yeah. you're in as well. And we should actually get different. one of our yeah, we should get one of our American friends on to talk about this because the funny thing for me is uh, that I learnt when you go over there is you'll you'll look at stuff in a shop, then when you go to the till, you're paying more than you actually is the price because they add the tax on at the till. Yeah, makes no sense. Makes no sense. So, so we'll, we'll pick we'll randomly pick one of our American friends to come on and, and we'll have a show about this. <laughs> But just before, again, we go to general chat, the biggest sort of win in Europe was Spain. And that's the Sorteo Extraordinario de Navidad, or the Spanish <laughs> Christmas Lottery. Apologies for the pronunciation there. It's generally considered to be the world's largest lottery game. And in 2012, the first prize was 720 million euros. Uh, yeah, which was then... Um, that equated to 941.8 million US dollars, which in today's money would be 1.215 billion dollars. But what I like about the Spanish one is it looks like the way they do it, and I won't go into it because it's all complicated, but it looks like they do actually split the winner, the money out amongst more winners. Right, okay. And that's actually what I was going to say to you. So do you play the lottery now? Have you played the lottery? What's your view on playing the lottery yeah like do you know what it is if i happen to be in a shop on a tuesday or a friday because i only play the euro millions because let's face it 10 million quid's not enough is it um <laughs> i just buy a ticket if i'm there just for the sake of and there's always that weird thing the lottery is a really strange thing isn't it because psychologically you buy a ticket and immediately think that your chances of winning the lottery are like 50 50 absolutely yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a really weird thing isn't it yeah um there's amazing psychology behind it but yeah i, I i'd say that i'd play it Let's say a ticket a week. What about sort of friends and family? Well, let's start with friends because of your age group. What Was the lottery a thing for them? Yeah, I feel like I don't know many people that go out and buy lottery tickets to my friends. However, a lot of people now do it on the apps. So whereas yeah. I would still go to a shop and buy a physical ticket because there's more thrill in that, I guess. Um, <laughs> some people just do it on the app where they just pick the same numbers and then it just literally preloads and just takes the £2.50 out of your account or whatever. However... I don't like doing that on the basis that I just don't like money automatically coming out of my bank account because you forget about shit like that. So um, I still prefer to buy tickets. But yeah, I, I know a couple of people that do the online ones, but not many people at all that still play the lottery that are my age, to be honest. Yeah, because you see, I remember obviously being of an age when the hype, because it came out 94, how old would I have been? Uh, so I'm just trying to do the maths now. Yeah, I think I was 17. Yeah, of course I would. So it was quite exciting and then, you know, there was a lot of hype. The jackpots were automatically bigger then because it was the only game. So now yeah. you've got about six different games. It was more concentrated then. And especially at the start, it was hyped up. So the jackpots were like in the 30, 40 millions regularly. I would buy tickets. Then I stopped for a while. Then I got into, um, actually, I still am in an old syndicate from an old workplace from years ago. 
I'm still in that syndicate uh, for the Euro <laughs> millions. They've kept me in it. And, and it's one of those things that I want to still be in it. They only do it when it's a rollover or a couple yeah. of rollovers. However, I don't. Every now and then, I used to do it fairly regularly. I remembered my numbers. That was a problem because I used to play the same numbers all the time. Right. And I, as you said, I did it on the app. So you just set it up. You said, right, four weeks, away you go. Then at some point, I think I either forgot my password or locked my phone or whatever. So I then just didn't do it for years, mainly because I couldn't be bothered. Oh, I forgot to log into the app once and do it. And then I just didn't do it because I never used the app. Now I'll do it every now and then if I see the Euro Millions is at a huge rollover because obviously I'm I'm more likely to win it when it's like been three-week rollover and everyone and their dog is buying a ticket rather than on a normal week when there's probably a lot less people buying tickets. <laughs> you know, my, that's how my brain works. Yeah, um, yeah. But you know, I will say to you, the one advantage, and this will lead nicely into the story you've just referenced, which is quite coincidental, but I'll take it. When you play via the app, it automatically lets you know if you've won. Oh, yeah, right. But you know what? They are really sneaky. The way they do it is you will get an email the next day and it will say, we've got great news about your lottery ticket. Log in now to find out, right? And your heart starts beating. You start start getting a cold sweat. I log in. You've won £1.20. Congratulations. It's like no matter how much you've won, it always says we've got great news. Winning £1.20 when that's less than how much I paid for the ticket isn't great news. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's rubbing salt into open wounds, my friend. (laughs) There's nothing more infuriating than seeing a prize that is less than the ticket cost because at that point it's just like, I'd rather just have burned the whole 250 (laughs) I mean, I've won £80 before. That's the biggest amount. But like I said, I I play it fairly infrequently. Um, What about scratch cards, actually? Because I thought they were a clever attempt at cashing in on the addictive nature of just one more go. Yeah, scratch cards are more funny because I feel like there's a more regular payoff with scratch cards. So scratch cards, you know that ultimately, if you buy four of them, you're probably going to win. You might not get your stake back, but you're probably going to win. Because statistically, that's just what it is. It's usually one in 4.2 or something, isn't it? Scratch cards, I don't mind. I only do them, though. Do you know, like, if we ever have a Christmas and they're under a plate because somebody's bought some scratch cards for Christmas, it's the only time in reality I do them. Although, I did go away with my girlfriend recently, and I had, honestly, about 30 quid just in change, right? And I, just, yeah. I don't know why I had so much change. So we walked into a supermarket. I was like, should we literally just buy £30, one, £31 scratch cards? Oh, you didn't, <laughs> did you? We literally did. We literally bought, in the end, I think it was like 25 scratch cards. A couple of them were like a fiver or whatever. And we sat down and did them. So I think there was, yeah, 25 scratch cards in total. Do you know how many won? How many? One. <laughs> I won a fiver back. And I thought to myself, I was like, statistically... There's 10 scratch cards to pick from. I've just taken two, 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 which means the next person that plays is basically guaranteed to win statistically on the basis that I've taken two from every single one. Um, Yeah, but you say that, but, and I, uh, yes, I have been that person and I've watched it on Twitch. There are a number of people that live stream them. They buy like a whole book of, it is usually America, whole book of um, scratch cards and do it there and then. And one night I was watching 30 or 40 in a row and they hadn't won. Yeah. And it was supposed to be like one in eight or something. I don't know. And it's 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 so frustrating. There's some proper lucky bastard who's bought the other role then, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's it. It's funny going back to what you said. Yeah, because our family at Christmas, generally what they started doing for a number of years was putting a, a scratch card under everyone's plate, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we ever saw more than two winners of more than a five. No, Christmas no. As well. 
And now they have also started doing online. You the online equivalent of an app, uh, of a scratch card, sorry, which is just like an online game. Yeah, yeah. Which again, I think just capitalizes in on the quick fix. Yeah, I really don't like. Uh, this is a different discussion, and actually, probably an interesting one that we could have. I really don't like the nature of like lottery buying tickets and you know like the quick cash play games now that they've got on the lottery apps. Yeah, only because. Let's say that you, you know, potentially might might be uh, susceptible to developing a problem. You used to have to go to the shop to buy scratch cards. Now you can do it from your phone. Like yeah. that in and of itself is a really dangerous principle, even with bookies and stuff. Like you used to be able to, you used to have to go to the bookies. Now the bookies come to you. It's yeah. utterly crazy. But yeah, maybe what, what we'll say. No discussion. <laughs> yeah, what we'll say about the lottery, though, is they do allow you to set a limit that you can only spend or top up your account because they don't t- take it directly from your account. What you do is you say, right, I want to put this amount of money. I want to put 50 quid into my lottery app. And then you buy, you use that money to buy the tickets, but they will only allow you, it says, right, like in a seven day period or a, I don't know how long period you can only put that amount of money in and then it right, won't let okay. you top up more. So, you know, however, if you set, the initial one, I don't know what the limit is, but if you set it at £500 from the start, then that's how much yeah. you're going to be able to spend. Yeah. But okay, we're, we're going to go into stories. One of the things I found here was, over here, you've got 180 days to claim a prize. Yeah. Now, uh, well, see if you can remember, but do, do, well, you know, so the biggest prize that's gone unclaimed here was... Actually, one ticket for sixty-three million. So it technically is the second highest amount that ever could have been won here. And where was that, Lou? That was. Are we allowed to say place names? We, just say we could say. We could say it's in our town. Yeah, it, it was town literally in our town. Yeah, in our <laughs> town. Honestly, um, I mean, in our, in actual fact, people will just Google it, can't they? So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, it's the two towns where, near where we live, isn't it? There, are, there are two towns, and this was in twenty twelve. And it went unclaimed. So after 180 days, if you don't come forward, it goes. Now, I, I said to you, didn't I, when I saw this, I reckon it was me because <laughs> that is my luck. You know, I, I'm, it has to have been. It has to have been because only I could have probably have bought a ticket, win 63 million and not claim it. Do you know what's well funny about this as well is I would have only been, what, like 16, 17 at the time. But I remember this being a thing. And they actually put like billboards up, National Lottery put billboards up on, you know, like vans and stuff and drove them around both the See, towns. I don't remember that. Yeah, telling people yeah. to look for their tickets. And then, oh my God, the media firestorm, firestorm started. So every fucking person and their dog came out being like, yeah, well, I bought a ticket and then my dog ate it. <laughs> and then I accidentally dropped it out the car window on the dual carriageway. And then it's just like, <laughs> hang on a minute. Like how many fuckers are saying this? When in reality, I reckon that ticket's probably still in someone's drawer. Yeah, yeah, or or it's flown out of a car window as they're driving, or it's fallen out of a pocket. I mean, the thing is, so right, you must know because it tells you it's like it was in this these two towns, one of these two towns. You know if you've bought a ticket, and what if you know you've lost your ticket that week? Yeah, yeah. What must that do to you? Yeah, (laughs) because you might not remember the numbers. Sorry, especially if you've done it as a lucky dip, but the anxiety of that must have got to you, right? 
Well, this is the thing. The only thing that is brought into question is obviously nobody could, nobody that I remember at the time said that it was their numbers. But imagine if you did lose your ticket and you just knew what your numbers were and they'd come yeah, up. Yeah. Because yeah. that's still potentially what could have happened in this case. And somebody's literally turned around. And I'm not, I don't know what that would do to a person because £63 million is literally life changing, not for you, but for literally generations of children below yeah. you that go yeah. on like your family basically set for the next 150 years yeah um i can't imagine what that would do to you but that's still a potential as well and i think that's probably the worst thing is that there might be a person who still to this day sits there and thinks about that jackpot that they where they lost the ticket but i think the law here is as well with camelot you actually if you buy a physical ticket you need to have the ticket so they can like mar you up yes, they know yeah. exactly what time it was bought they know what shop it was bought from they could have a look at you purchasing it on CCTV, but without the ticket, you cannot claim your prize. Yeah, and you have. To, I think the barcode has to be intact as well because yeah. you've got the barcode to scan it. Is it? It's. Um, and that's why you know and that loops back to what I said at the start. The reason why I initially did it for a prolonged period of time was because I remember the numbers I played, and I said to myself, if I don't play it, and those numbers come up, yeah. I'd never forgive myself yeah, until yeah. I then forgot the numbers and then that was it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they've since come up four times yeah, whilst Dan yeah, hasn't been. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've got some stories as well. So I've, I've picked, um, I, I'm wondering if mine maybe are going to be more on the upbeat, some funny or some amazing stories. But yeah, let, let's hear, let's hear what you've got. Um, well, just before we get into it, I actually saw a TikTok recently, and this is completely coincidental, and it was about like lottery statistics and chance of winning the lot- lottery and that sort of thing. And you know what? When you think about it, the chances of being alive are literally like one in like quintillions. So I guess the chances of winning the lottery aren't aren't really that bad. But there was a uh, a woman talking on a podcast, and she was with another woman and a man. And she was turning around and calling her friend stupid. She was like, my friend's such an idiot when she plays the lottery. Like, she's so stupid. And he was just like, why, why? And he, she was just like, because she plays 11, 22, 33, oh, I saw that, yes. Yeah. And then the girl's just like, but it's the same chances. Her friend's just like, what, what are you talking about? She was like, no, it's not. Your chances are worse for doing that. And he turned around and he was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, you've still picked five numbers. The chances of those five numbers coming out is still as good as the next five numbers. He said, the only thing that might happen is you might be more likely to share a prize if your numbers do come out because people pick sequences. And yeah, she's like, no, yeah. you're both being stupid. I was like, how on earth has the education system in statistics failed people so badly today? <laughs> That's the funny thing, because I'll always, whenever I do it, say we do, there's a rollover, I'll buy a ticket for me and my partner. Now, she doesn't, she, you know, she always laughs at me when I do it. But I'll say, look, you know, I'll buy you a ticket. And then she'll pick like three or four numbers that are really close together. And I'm like saying, are you sure? Are you sure? Because my method of picking numbers has been really successful up till now, hasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? And that's the thing as well. That was one point the bloke made. He turned around. He was like, wait, you're calling us stupid. He was like, how many fucking times have you won the lottery? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's unreal. It's unreal. But yeah, yeah. sorry. No, I was just going to say, yeah, I've picked one really interesting story that's a bit longer. Now, I know we've mentioned it before as some some quick hitters. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see what we've we've dug up. Okay, so I've picked a couple of lottery winners and kind of their person profiles. So the first one, and I think he's probably one of the most famous ones, is a chap called Michael Carroll. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
Um, famously, if you type in like stupid lottery winners, he's actually always the picture that comes up with him like covered in jewelry, sitting in a bath with like a gold chain on and that sort of thing. I think that picture is actually just him. And he comes up for all of the articles that talk about stupid but lottery is, winners. Isn't basically. he one of the very first ones here, though? Or one of yeah, the first yeah, yeah. ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like one of the original young, big lottery winners. So he was a binman at the time. And he won £9.7 million on the National Lottery or the Lotto in November of 2002. And how old was he? He was 19. 19, yeah. yeah. Um, he, he became... <laughs> Uh, nicknamed by the tabloid media as the Lotto Lout and self-proclaimed King of the Chavs. So obviously the story starts off with a 19-year-old having £9.7 million um, put in their bank. If I was to ask you to forward to 2022, how much of that £9.7 million do you think is still in Michael Carroll's bank? I'm going to say he probably owes money. Yeah, it's fuck all. (laughs) (laughs) That's a technical term. Yeah, Yeah, it is. Um, So basically, obviously, at age 19, I think this is what the problem is. I think you can do a lottery ticket here at age 16, can't you? Well, yeah, yeah. It'll be proved by my next story, in actual fact. Um, You can do a lottery ticket at 16 here. And from what I understand is if you go public with the Camelot, the company that run the lottery, they give you financial assistance, don't they? That's true, yeah. And if what that is, go... I don't know though. How in depth yeah. that is, I don't know because obviously you can't take your like nine million quid, and I imagine you can't just put it in your Santander current account. <laughs> like, like walking, do you know, like you walk into your local branch with the big comedy check, and they're like, "Sir, we do not have capacity <laughs> yeah. for this." <laughs> yeah, where did I get those big checks from? <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, and, and like, do you actually properly get to keep it? I wonder if he still got his big comedy check. <laughs> Even though he's not got the nine point seven million quids, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so obviously at nineteen, you're not responsible as a, as a human being in reality until you're probably about twenty five, if we're being honest. So yeah. nine point seven million quid, and bear in mind this was in the early two thousands. So if you were talking for inflation, you're probably talking like thirty million quid now, really, aren't you? Yeah, that was a huge amount then. Yeah, a massive, massive amount of yeah. money. Well, it's a huge amount now, but well, yes, but a big amount. Of, yeah, <laughs> that's that's one of the lottery jackpots that I look at the thing and be like, nah, I don't want to play it. Don't want to play it this week. Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> save my two pound this week. <laughs> um, so basically, at the time of his win, he actually didn't even have a bank account. Wow, because he was only part time employed when he won the lottery. He actually tried to open a bank account with Coots and they're basically a private bank. So they're one of these posh banks that like, you know, footballers and that sort of thing um, yeah. use. But he was had his ref- application refused because of his criminal record. And Coots was actually recommended by Camelot. So again, that's probably the financial assistance. They uh, hook okay. you up with the, yeah. invest- the um, yeah. financial advisors and that sort of thing. So he spent his money rather lavishly. So he was a fan of Rangers and he invested a million pounds of his winnings into the football club. A million pounds. I mean, which club? Sorry, which club? Rangers. Rangers. Okay. Now, I know that, you know, 9.7 million pounds is a lot of money, but would you invest 10% of your current wealth into Tottenham Hotspur? No. (laughs) Yeah, fuck no. (laughs) Fuck no, because it's a stupid idea to begin with anyway. So... You, you can actually, do you know what it is as well? You can actually see where the money ticks down. So he's now at what? 8.7 million. <laughs> he, 
he had advice to turn around and set up a 3.9 million pound investment bond. Now, the issue with the bond is that he was advised to only use that money if his funds from other accounts were gone. Because once you took money from the bond account, you had huge like penalty fees, basically. So it would accrue interest at a huge rate. But if you were just withdrawing money willy nilly, you'd have huge penalty fees. Right. Okay. Yeah. Added on to the amount that you're actually withdrawing. Now, he gave his mum, aunt and sister a million pounds each. So he's already spent a million quid. So now he's down at, what, £5.7 million. Yeah. So if we were doing this on YouTube, I'd love to have had a counter in the top corner with it counting yeah, oh down. Oh, God, said, ding, 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 ding. And then literally it's like bankrupt. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, gave his mother, aunt and sister a million pounds each. And then after that point, he actually had to start living off of the bond account, which was obviously the huge problem because he was getting charged massive amounts of money for, for, for withdrawing from it. Um, he then ended up um, getting in trouble with the law, which is, I don't know what stories you've got or if you've got any about lottery winners. A common theme amongst lottery yeah. winners is getting in trouble with the law. So in 2005, he was given an ASBO after he was found that while drunk, he had been catapulting steel balls from his Mercedes van, which resulted in breaking 32 car and shop windows. And as well, he did it in the town that he fucking lived. Well, he could pay them to replace them. So it's all right. Yeah, I mean, that's like the the perfect example of like, oh, yeah, I can pay for it. It's like a very Bullingdon Boys Club thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he was sentenced to 240 hours of community service and faced a warning. Um, he actually had an affray, an affray for anybody who doesn't know. It's basically just like fighting in public, if that makes sense. Um, and then by 2006, he was almost broke, having spent his fortune on homes, drugs, parties, jewellery and cars. Um, he denied rumours that he had no money left. And then something rather scary, and again, a point that we should touch on about winning the lottery, is all your old demons come out when you win the lottery, don't they? Yes, yeah. So when he was living at his mansion in Swaffham, wherever that is, five of his Rottweilers were found dead with their throats cut and he was blackmailed uh, by people who were threatening his family. So he paid them £130,000. Apparently he said that men came to his house with shotguns and said, you're not so big now. Um, and apparently he just left the home and never went back. And then in May of 2010, he actually applied for his old job as a binman again because he was absolutely, completely broke. See, it's, I mean, and it's easy to look at him and have a go at him, right? I'm not saying that's what you've done, but I'm saying I know people did in the press that ridiculed him. But, you know, he was 19 years old. Yeah. He was a binman. He'd got in trouble. He's obviously been in trouble with the law. And then he wins nine, almost 10 million, right? At 19, at that earlier time, I, I kind of feel for him that, you know, you know there probably weren't people around him giving him the proper advice he should have. Yeah, yeah and, and I kind of feel for him a bit. Because as well, even with the million pounds that went to his mum, aunt and sister, like what happened to that million pounds yeah. as well? Yeah. So like if there's absolutely nothing left, surely they couldn't have spent it on buying just a bigger house, which would have ultimately held a little bit of value or anything like that. It must have literally just all been pissed away. He did say, though, in 2010 that he had no regrets about the way in which he spent his winnings. But you have to remember, in 2010, he was still only, what, 27 years old. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah. he's, he's in essence, he's still got his old working life in front of him. He's had his amazing fun while he's been young. Yeah, and he's basically true. just starting off where everybody else did anyway, I that's guess. That's true. He wasn't the guy. There was one guy who, like, built 
a racetrack in his back garden, bought like a mansion and then built a racetrack in his back garden. That wasn't him, was it? I don't think so, but I will check that. Yeah. And just make sure, but I don't think it was, no. But why are you doing that? Because you, you see, I'm the stat man, but you're the Google man. <laughs> no, it wasn't him. <laughs> no, it wasn't him. Do you know, the funny thing about this, right, was when I went into work today, people at work were talking about this guy and the Powerball lottery win in America. But I hadn't obviously told them they don't know I've got this podcast at the moment. <laughs> I just thought, oh, no, we've got to record this quick. Is it, What's going on in the world about the lottery? We have to get this episode done. But it was just funny they were talking about him as well. Yeah, I just think now, all these years later, people are more aware of all the, the horror stories of people. Because he's not the only one. There are so many stories, and I don't know if you've got them, of, of people where they just win it and they go off the rails proper. Yeah. Um, but I think nowadays, probably still a case, but I think people now are more willing to be savvy with the money nowadays, especially as everything's just so expensive now anyway. Yeah, yeah. Probably need 10 million just to get through the winter this year. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the thing. In reality, you sneeze in London and you spend 500 <laughs> yeah. grand. Like... <laughs> yeah, I thought that one was a sad one. And I agree with you as well. I think that the, the premise of the fact that evidently there was no one there to kind of be like a guiding hand and evidently... As much as, you know, don't know if this is going to spoil my chance of winning lottery, Camelot, please don't curse my tickets. Um, you know, evidently the help that is probably needed for particular people isn't quite there. Like if he was a 55 year old like couple that were married and had had stable jobs and, you know, had never had any trouble for, you'd be like, yeah, they need limited help. But a 19 year old, you think? Like, I wonder if that's changed, though, because don't forget that was still only eight years into it. I wonder if it's yeah, changed since true, all yeah. that, yeah. because the thing is especially because there are so many games now, you don't see much about winners anymore. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, can't, I couldn't tell you who won the lot or the Euro Million last week or, or two years ago, but he was in the paper. You know, the tabloids especially, they were after him. Yeah. And I'm not saying he wasn't giving them stuff to go after, but he was a star in his own right after that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I also don't know whether now or not people turn around and, you know, like the whole anonymity thing, you have to go public yeah, if you want Camelot yeah. to help you. I don't know whether or not people were happy to do it by themselves because the literal amount of cash that you have means that you have anyone at your facility. So like, let's say that you win your £70 million. You could literally walk into whatever investment bank you wanted to and pay whoever it was exactly. to turn yeah. around. So in reality, you don't even need the help from Camelot, which means yeah, you don't even yeah. need to go public anymore. I think the last one I remember seeing was there was that couple that won like 130 million or something. And then he bought his local football club and then he got divorced from his wife like three, right. <laughs> three months later or something like that. They've been married for like 20 odd years. And then you get the people who have won it twice. And it's like, why have you played it again after you've won it once? Yeah, yeah. What a selfish you know what I mean? well, like, Surely there should be like a one ticket thing. Like you win a jackpot yeah. on a lottery and they turn around and like ban your cards from turning yeah. around if, and playing if again. You've, if you've won ten, more than 10 million, you can't you can't play again for another 10 years. A million yeah. a year. <laughs> like why does the lottery not have a sign above it that says, please take one only? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Right, I've got a story here. Or is did you have anything else on the? No, we'll do one of yours, and then we'll um, yeah. we'll skip back to another one of mine. We, we've we've discussed this, but I remember talking about it briefly. But I <laughs> want to do it again because it's it's a brilliant story, and it's a complete, total opposite end of the story you said. Right, <laughs> this is a guy. So back in 1988, an Australian truck driver, and and stay with me because it doesn't sound like it's going to be a nice story at the start. But please stay with me. All right, <laughs> trust me. Australian truck driver Bill Morgan was involved in a truck accident that nearly crushed him. 
miraculously survived the crash but suffered a heart attack as a result. He was then rushed to the emergency room, given a drug that triggered a severe allergic reaction in his body, ultimately causing his heart to stop beating. Bill Morgan basically died, right? So far, he's not so lucky. In an amazing twist of fate, that wasn't the end of his uh, end of him or his life. After being clinically dead for more than 14 minutes, Bill was revived but re- remained in a coma. He was in a vegetative state for more than an... I can't speak... After being clinically dead for more than 14 minutes, Bill was revived but remained comatose. He was in a vegetative state for more than a week and doctors advised his family to take him off life support. It's a good thing they didn't know. After 12 days, Bill miraculously woke up and eventually made a complete recovery. He was fortunate enough to have walked away from the ordeal without any serious health problems. With a new lease of life, Bill was optimistic about the future. He got a new job, mustered up the courage to propose to his girlfriend, and she happily accepted. Sometime after his engagement, Bill decided to try his luck at the lottery. He purchased a scratch-off ticket, they call it here, and instantly won a car worth around 17000 Australian dollars. <laughs> of course, he was overjoyed. This, this event caught the interest of a Melbourne news station they decided to cover Bill's story and this is where things get really interesting while filming a reenactment of his win Bill purchased another scratch card that would prove to be his biggest surprise yet he had just won 250k right on live television um (laughs) Now there is a video. If you, you uh, I know you've seen it, haven't you? Yeah, it's, there is honestly, a video. It's, it's just brilliant, isn't it? And he, um, he goes and he says it here. He says, "I've just won two hundred fifty thousand. I'm not joking." He says, "Yeah, no, no." In actual fact, he says, "I've just won two hundred fifty thousand. I'm not joking." <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's such a nice thing, isn't it? Because the fact he died was well, he it was in a car crash, given the given medication that put him into a coma. They almost were potentially close to turning off his life support. He t- he makes a miraculous recovery, wins a car worth seventeen thousand, gets on the news, and wins two hundred. I-, I just think that's an amazing story. <laughs> it is literally. If you do watch the video, it is one of the. It's actually. I, I think it's quite heartwarming because his reaction is. is so like shocked and like, oh my god, I can't believe this. Like he almost looks like he's going to have a heart attack. And, like, he goes white, doesn't he? He, does, he goes yeah. totally white. He has it's, to bend like... over and like because he's like just freaking out. Uh, but it was honestly a brilliant um, video and an amazing story in and of itself. Like the pure luck to be yeah, doing it yeah. when asked on live television to turn around. And the camera crew were almost like, oh, we don't believe you because they must have thought that he was reenacting like him winning. But he yeah. wasn't. He just fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. won again. <laughs> yeah. Now, I haven't actually followed it up what's happened to him since. But it's like, yeah, the, the luck to have won that first ticket. The luck that the local news station said, oh, should we should we do a story on him? Yeah, let's do it. The luck to, to go to that store at that time to buy that ticket to win that prize. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. You know what as well? Can I just say, after um, the story broke, I distinctly remember seeing something about the news station trying to sue him. Oh, really? Because it was them that took him to the thing and they got him to buy the ticket. So they tried to sue him on the basis that they were the reason that he won no, for some of the no, money. I'm not having it. I'm being serious. I, no, again, no, I'm not saying you. I'm saying to them. I'm not having it from oh, them. Oh, yeah, 100%. Fuck that news station. Is it yeah. Melbourne, did you say? 
Melbourne yeah, wherever Melbourne, Mel, yeah, Mel, fuck Melbourne News. I don't care. We don't need a sponsorship from them, Dan. Hi, Australia, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, I want to say hi, everybody except Melbourne News. I hope, I hope Melbourne tried News to sue him. The current, to... the current Melbourne News, we like you, possibly. Yeah. I haven't I... read your paper. But those who tried to sue him, screw you. I hope everyone in Australia is having a great day apart from fucking <laughs> Melbourne News. Who tried to sue him because they might be nice now. We don't know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they tried to um, to sue him afterwards for. Actually, for, I've um, got a winnings. brilliant story about someone trying to sue a winner, but we'll go into yours. We'll go into yours. Okay, so I've got another rather sad, depressing story, a little bit oh. similar to our Mr. Michael Carroll. Um, not terrible, like in terms of outcome, just one of those things. Except our winner was a Kaylee Rogers. Do you ever remember a Kaylee Rogers? No, no. So, Kaylee Rogers was Britain's youngest ever lotto jackpot winner, and she actually won £1.875 million in 2003. Okay, okay. So, yeah, okay. She Is was... it wrong that I was thinking that that's not a lot? In my head, I'm thinking, hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one point. I'm sitting there thinking about thinking about the fact it take me 75 years at my guys. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Um, but yeah, she was 16 years old at the time. Wow, that yeah, I mean that's basically at the limit, isn't it? Yeah, that that is literally as as young as you can be to win the lottery. She was actually living in foster care at the time, and oh, wow. she immediately quit her three pound sixteen hour job as a co op co op checkout worker. Um, and started splashing the money, basically. Now, again, this is one of those instances where how much help do you need is probably dependent on who you are. She was a 16-year-old who was in foster care. So she has got, in reality, while she's got legal guardians, the money is legally hers. No one can dictate to her what she does with it. She needs more help than anybody else would have probably needed. And I think even more so than Michael Carroll would have needed. So the article goes on to talk about what she spent it. And again, I remember this story because I remember being, again, like a similar age at the time. <laughs> no, sorry. Yeah. No, no, sorry. I wasn't a similar age. I know you, you would have been, no, a few years younger. I right? remember this is like my original story. Do you know when I first went and bought a lottery ticket in 16? Yeah. You're like, oh my God, what you would buy. Yeah, and then yeah. this was like the story that you'd, you'd, um, you'd heard about. So what did she spend the money on? And again, you can kind of calculate it. And, and you can see that counter in the top right hand corner, all of our viewers. I'm never going to carry that on. <laughs> All of our viewers tick this money down from 1.9 million. So she forked out 11,500 pounds on two boob jobs. Okay, 11,500 grand. She spent 300,000 pounds on clothes. Okay, well, you know. 300,000 fucking pounds on clothes. What are you buying? Gold leaf, fucking crocodile, alligator, diamond, Shirovsky encrusted shoes. Like, possibly. But I'm just thinking at that age, and if she's been in foster care, the first, yeah, clothes are probably the thing that maybe will change her appearance. Do you know what I mean? If she's had okay. the boob job as well, she's probably had a, a an image problem, if you know what I mean. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll see when you start to think it £85,000 on top of the range sports cars. Okay, you know, eighty five grand at the time is probably a lot of money for a car. It's probably really yeah, nice. Yeah, but she probably car. can't even drive. So I know I'll tell you the line there. She probably couldn't drive then. Oh, well, it gets worse because a quarter <laughs> of a million pounds went on cocaine. Yeah, that's A wrong. quarter of a million pound on cocaine. Who the fuck is she? Pablo Escobar. <laughs> How much was she putting up her nose? How it's is an it investment. What, it's yeah, an investment. What, what the fuck was she going to do with it? Start breaking it up and selling it by the kilo. Quarter she of a million quid. 
Holy she's an fuck. entrepreneur. Literally, she's living her real world fucking Sicario narco lifestyle. <laughs> um, absolutely crazy. Um, she spent a further £250,000 on holidays to locations including Mexico and Euro Disney. So what are we at at the minute? Two hundred and fifty grand on holidays, two hundred and fifty grand on Coke, that's five hundred. Three hundred thousand on clothes, that's uh, 800. 800. 85 plus 11 and a half on two boots. 900 grand there, there and thereabouts. Yeah. Yeah. She also spent £118,000 on gifts to former boyfriends. That now, feels weird. Yeah, like what again? What are you buying them exactly? Like, how? What? What are they? Because boyfriends would indicate that there's been more than one of them that have. She taken was the sixteen. Dining. Yeah, and this is the thing as well to me is again like what level of help does a person need? Because anybody coming into your life, especially that age, is there for a nefarious reason at that point. Like you have to go on the basis that you don't yeah. trust anyone, and you can only trust the people that have proved it over time. Ultimately, the people that think you're poor that still like you are the ones that you can be friends with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. £190,000 went in unreturned loans to friends and family members. Well, I like the fact that they used the word loan because it was unreturned. It's not fucking loan, then, is it? Uh, So that's another, what, uh, £300,000 there. And then £50,000 on solicitor's fees. Now, what specifically the solicitor's fees were for isn't actually specified. For the cocaine. Yeah, for the cocaine, (laughs) probably, yeah. For all of the legal trouble. She actually did say that she believed she was too young to basically bank such a huge sum of money yeah yeah Um, and she was actually quoted saying it was too much money for someone so young even if you say your life won't change it does and often not for the better she actually insists now that she lives a much happier normal life um and she says the pressure to splash out and live a glam party life has gone and she prefers kind of you know the the normal things that she's doing now she was actually hit with (laughs) she's she squandered her 2003 jackpot obviously and she's been again in trouble with the police previously so she had she was pepper sprayed this isn't funny she was she was pepper sprayed by police following a car crash whilst high on some of that 250,000 pounds worth of cocaine and then she fled with her boyfriend on like a chase in like her Hyundai 4x4 as well she had driving bans numerous driving bans not all of the money went to waste she bought a 180,000 pound bungalow and a 76,000 pound home for her mum now bear in mind I don't know at what point those were purchased, but doesn't it go to show how fucking terrible inflation's been in this country? Yeah, that was a really good investment. To be to be yeah. fair, that's a really good investment. That was, yeah, the bungalow yeah. especially. Absolutely crazy. When she met her then boyfriend, her life sp- spiraled out of control. So she was actually left nearly penniless with just two thousand pounds in the bank in two thousand and three. So that was the same year that she won the money. Yeah, again, I, I kind of. I know people will be screaming, saying, oh, I don't feel sorry for her. I kind of feel for her, again, 16, I think it's too young. And and I think 16, in the position she was in, in foster care. Yeah. So she's obviously probably not had the best, well, she she won't have had the best of lives up till that point. To then, at that age, get that amount of money. I, I just think, yeah, maybe they, at that point, there should have been a limit of 18, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think it's a relatively sad story. And I think, again, it goes to show like what level of help do people need? Because you think about both of these stories, both with people who are very young, who have never, like, you know, the first guy had never even had a bank account. And this Carrie had was growing up in foster care and probably had no active, decent role models in her life. So could you imagine the good that could have been done with their lives and where they would be now had they had the correct help? Ultimately, that 
two million quid that she won or near two million quid would have probably have been turned into 15 or 20 by now if she did you know spent it in the correct way and invested it wisely similarly with Michael Carroll as well I think they're just sad stories that ultimately kind of you know but if there's one positive that you can take for them it's that neither of them kind of regret it and I guess it's true it's kind of like you're back in the same place that any other normal person would have been except what you did was have I mean she only had six months to be fair at least Michael Carroll had about five years um, at least you've had a good time you know it's had, they've had that experience yeah yeah I guess and, so, living, and living a normal life now yeah. yeah yeah and I guess you know so you, you, there's always a, a cloud and a silver line and I mean I'd still prefer 1.8 million quid in the back yeah, of what I think yeah. you do <laughs> right I've got some stories here all, all my remaining stories come from a website called unbelievablefacts.com and I love this first one they're all fairly short a waitress in Alabama right whilst working as a tip got a lottery ticket <laughs> With that ticket, she won $10 million and she was then sued by her colleagues. So basically, a waitress won $10 million from a tip lottery ticket got sued by her colleagues. Later, the person who tipped her the ticket sued her too. Tonda Lynn Dickerson, a former waitress at a Waffle House in Grand Bay, Alabama, was given a lottery ticket by Edward Seward as a tip. He was a regular customer at the Waffle House. He used to buy lottery tickets and share them with his friends and the Waffle House employees. On, on the 7th of March, 1999, Tonda was the luckiest one among those five employees whose envelope contained a lottery ticket. Hers was worth $10 million as a tip, and it was one of the two winning tickets that evening. Seward and Tonda's colleagues claimed that they had made an oral pact that said the amount would be distributed among the entire group. They sued Dickerson for not doing this. The case was dismissed as no oral contract related to gambling was to be considered legal in Alabama. To avoid further legal complications while sharing 51% of the winnings with her family, she placed her winnings in a corporation and eventually she qualified for a gift tax worth $1.19 million. So what do you think about that? I think that the original person, I would have turned around and said as well, the fact that they've left lottery tickets before and that's just what they do. I would turn around and be like, well, what the fuck are you like complaining about if you're the one that left it in the first place? You like you've actively made a decision to transfer that money. It's like it's like turning around and saying, Oh, well, she took the five dollars that I tipped her and then bought a lottery ticket which she won on. Like, no, you've already given that five dollars over. And also the colleagues, it's got nothing to fucking do with you. Yeah. And of course people are gonna come out and say, Oh yeah, well, we agreed this. Well, it doesn't matter what you fucking agreed, what's written down? Like, yeah, I mean, while I was literally while I was just reading this, what I thought about the guy who tipped it is one thing. I'll come on to that. Yeah, with the colleagues, jealousy. Yeah, absolutely. And frustration. Unless there was something there where they did share their tips. But if that was the case, I'm sure she would have. Right. But the guy who tipped it right, something that's just hit me is, was he doing that one to get out of giving them a big tip anyway? Or two, did he think he was being really... um I don't want to use the word patronising, but did he think he was being knight in shining armour by giving him a lottery ticket? Now, the fact it's won means that he didn't give it to her as a tip. He wants something back from it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do, do you see what I'm trying yeah, to yeah, say? Yeah, 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 I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I if, agree with you. Because like you said, yeah, if you leave someone like a $20 tip, you don't go back and say, actually, can I have $10 back a week later? Do, do you yeah. know what I mean? You, you don't do that. So he, he's... It's basically, I think it's a hollow gesture that he was doing. Basically, instead of maybe giving money, buy a couple of dollars as a as a as a lottery ticket and give it to them, and the false hope that they could win millions. And then when one lucky soul did, he's like, "No, you're not having that. I want some." 
or it's on the basis that they win the odd $20 here or there. And so ultimately they think it's worthwhile. So he doesn't have to tip correctly. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah. that's my story. There. I, just, I just thought it's fascinating. Again, it's just the jealousy and the anger and the resentment and just, yeah, just the jealousy of people that they're not obviously doing as good a thing as they wanted because surely you're buying, if you buy someone a lottery ticket, you know full well there is a chance that they could win. Yeah, absolutely. And you're doing it because you're hoping then that they give it to you. No, I, I think that's wrong. I think that's wrong. Yeah. And so basically, if we're to give any of our viewers advice, don't buy anyone fucking lottery tickets. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. There's no need. Because ultimately, if they win, you're going to feel like a knob. You're going to turn around and ask them for the money. And you're also going to look like a knob to everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I saw something similar as well with like a lottery ticket and this was like a news story. Again, coincidentally popped up on my TikTok because obviously my phone must be listening to me. And it was one where a grandmother and a grandson had bought a lottery ticket. So I believe that the story goes that the grandmother has given the grandson money to go and buy a lottery ticket is what she says. He says that he just went to the shop and bought a lottery ticket. And he agreed that they would split it together because they had they actually had something written down that they would split lottery winnings. Like, you know, because you can actually write a syndicate form down on just a scrap piece of paper or a tissue. The lottery actually wins. They win a couple of million dollars. Then the grandmother says that she's suing her grandson because she gave him the money to go and buy the lottery ticket. And then the <laughs> grandson is counter suing the grandmother <laughs> for suing him to begin with. And I just think to myself, do you know who's winning here? The lawyer's. I was going to say, yeah, the ones winning because <laughs> afterwards that three million dollars that you've won is going to be f- f- fuck all after legal they've had fees, their cut. Yeah. yeah, legal <laughs> fees. Anyways, oh yeah, what were you left with? Uh, thirty thousand dollars after the solicitors took all the two point eight million of it. Like, it's just, fine because uh, they're going to end up on the Jerry Springer show anyway. So, <laughs> <Yeah. it's>, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, if if you got another one. Um, no, I was going to go into some bits about like lottery, what we would do, hypothetical situations, because everybody loves having these conversations. But if you've got some more stories, we'll so, run through yours. Uh, yeah, let, let me give you a couple more. I've got one over here in Scotland. After being ordered by his mum to clean his messy room for a number of weeks, Ryan Kitching found a hidden treasure. The 19-year-old teen of Midlothian, Scotland, discovered 12 old lottery tickets while cleaning his room. One of those tickets won him £52,981, which was around $83,900. Before throwing them out with a pile of junk, he thought that he should check the numbers. For verification, Ryan checked the lottery numbers in the local supermarket. It was then that he found out he'd been sitting with a winning lottery ticket for nearly a month. He said, my dad wants me to put down a deposit on some property, then rent it out maybe. Ryan, however, has a few ideas regarding what he wants to do with his winning amount. He also has plans to help his younger brother, Sean, 16. Also, he wants to buy a new car and take his family for a vacation. So that's quite a nice one there, isn't it? Yeah, that's quite um, wholesome, I think, generally speaking, because it's not a poisonous amount of money. No, and he wants to help the family. But how funny is it that one, he's got 12 lottery tickets in a drawer. Yeah. That yeah. he's not checking. Why would you do that? And secondly, he's, he only found out because his mum had been nagging him. <laughs> to clean this room. So if we think about it, right, if you've got 180 days, uh, okay, it was, what, what did I say? It was a month. So yeah. it's, it's not beyond, if his room wasn't messy, it's probably not beyond the realm of possibility. He might never have found those tickets. Yeah, if it, yeah, it had yeah, been messy true, and true. Yeah. So again, I found that quite um funny one. And that does remind me actually, because a lot of people here do bank on going to the supermarket and say, can you scan a ticket and let me know if, if I've won anything. 
And there was a, a couple of shopkeepers here stories where they were saying, no, your ticket's not won. I'll, I'll throw it away for you. But they actually were winners and they were then <laughs> claiming it. Um, I haven't found any here, but I do remember that being in the press. Yeah, I mean, the shopkeepers obviously found a quick, quick, uh, quick way of making money. Right. Here's another one. This is in, we are going all the way over to LA now. So a woman won $1.3 million in the lottery, but to avoid sharing the amount, she divorced her husband. Her husband found out, sued her, and she had to give 100% of her winnings to her husband for falsifying data about their property during the divorce. (laughs) Imagine. Yeah, she had to give up 100% of her winnings to her ex-husband as she kept it a secret from him and deliberately filed for divorce so that she wouldn't have to give away the entitled share to her husband. Being completely unaware of the fact her husband found out about it one and a half years later when one day he received a letter addressed to her. In it, she was asked whether she was interested in a lump sum buyout of her winnings. Also, a fact surfaced that Denise would use the address of her mother's house for annual checks so that the entire scenario could be kept from her husband. Not only that, she filed for divorce the very next month after winning. Um, The Court of Appeals ruled that her husband was entitled to get all the winning money under a family code statute that penalises spouses for falsifying data about their property. Wow. Wow. That's fucking impressive, that is. But can you imagine how clever she must have thought she was? <laughs> she sat there going through, imagine, imagine that decision being read out. Like, yeah, imagine sitting yeah. in court and the judge presiding over your case turns around and tells you that you need to pay every single penny that you've made from the lottery to your spouse and you're also divorced, so there's no chance of you ever seeing that money. Yeah, yeah, uh, unbelievable. I've got two more. I'll go through them quickly. We are now going over to China. I know about this one. I think I know exactly what you say, go on. So in 2005, a Chinese man managed to find out that he could buy tickets for the lottery within a five-minute time frame after the winning numbers were declared. Is that the one? <laughs> Did you know that one? No, my one was different, but this is still amazing. He made $4 million this way and was eventually caught by the Chinese authorities. 36-year-old Chinese lottery agent uh, Zhao Liquin was the owner of three lottery stalls in Anshan, China, and came to know about the loopholes in Welfare Lottery 3D system. After drawing the lottery numbers, the window used to remain open for five minutes to get qualified tickets and bag the prize amount easily. Zhao took a legitimate advantage of this flaw and ended up winning $3.76 million in lottery tickets. <laughs> However, he had the fear of getting caught by the law in the back of his head. As a remedy, he engaged his neighbours and friends to claim the money so he wouldn't get noticed by the authorities. But that turned out against him as the illegal claims of winning lotteries got him caught eventually and he was sentenced to life imprisonment for his actions in 2007. In addition to that, all of his properties were seized by the government. Life imprisonment is a fucking harsh punishment. Yeah, but that's brilliant. The fact that the window, he realised the window was open for five minutes so he quickly bought a ticket with those numbers and claimed it. What, What was the one you had for China? I think that we talked about this before, but do you ever remember where there was a guy who worked in a bank who thought that he could make money by taking money from the bank, buying lottery tickets, and then paying it back to the bank? Did we talk about this on an episode? Oh, I can't remember if we did, actually. Right, so this is really general now, although it's not something that I looked up, so I'm just doing it from memory. So from what I remember is that there was a scheme at a bank in China and an employee thought, and he did some calculations and realised that he could likely make a profit on buying lottery tickets how sustainable of a plan that is you'll find out at the end of this little tale unfortunately um the first time by fucking absolute sheer luck he'd taken what was the equivalent of like thirty thousand dollars from the bank 
he made a huge profit of like 150 grand. So he wow. paid the original money back. Then he thought, well, if I made a profit then, I can make a profit again. So he continued doing it. Unfortunately, his next attempts weren't so fortunate. And it got to a point where he basically owed the bank like $4 million. Wow. A colleague of his had actually found out about the scheme, but he'd like lured him into it to turn around and basically cover for him. So by the time that he'd been found out, I actually think that he tried to flee the country. Um, he was apprehended by authorities and then put on trial because obviously none of the money could be recovered at that point because it had all just been pissed away on the lottery. Yeah. But him, the person who covered for him, one of the people who was supposed to be keep, keeping a check of bank records who didn't do it properly and actually had no idea what was going on, but just wasn't doing their job properly, all of them ended up going to prison. Um, wow. Wow. But yeah, I just thought to myself, I was just like, how lucky must you have been in that first instance? And do you know when like sometimes in life you get that feeling where fate must just be on your side? Like that yeah, yeah. instance of pure luck has given him absolute confidence that his bullshit scheme would have worked. But yeah, very, very uh, horrific turnout. Right, I've got one more. And this is a Glenda Blackwell, uh, I think a woman from North Carolina, bought a scratch card uh, lottery ticket just to prove her husband that they are all useless, eventually a waste of money, and she won a million dollars from that ticket. She was Glenda was so tired of her husband's habit of wasting money on buying lottery tickets Pissed off Glenda. Oh, I think her husband asked her to buy him a Powerball ticket. Pissed off, Glenda bought a scratch card ticket instead. She was aggravated and wanted to teach him a lesson, proving the point that none of these were going to win anything. (laughs) The scratch-off ticket won a $1 million. Glenda mentioned, I had to eat my words, but they were worth eating while giving an interview to CNN. (laughs) She pocketed $415,503 after taxes and used a lump sum amount to buy some land and a home to help her granddaughters for their college. Amazing. See, that one's actually quite wholesome as well, while she turned around and proved herself wrong, but in an amazing way. But it doesn't mention that she gave her husband any money. <laughs> she was just like, you're still fucking wrong. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's, all my, that's all my stuff. Yeah, the only points that I was going to um, finish on, because I feel like everybody at some point has had this conversation. I think it'd be quite funny for somebody to hear us talk about it. Let's say you win £150 million tomorrow. What's your plan? What are you doing? Right. I'd probably, I probably would, even though we only moved a couple of years ago, but I probably would move to maybe somewhere more out of the way. So it's 150 million quid as well, by the way. So you're saying house, do you mean mansion or do you mean house? No, no, I mean house. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, in the end, the bigger the house I get, the more I've got to clean. (laughs) <laughs> well 150 million i'm paying people to clean my house but carry on i already see flaws with your plan but you well know. you could you could see the stories that come out yeah clean and rob's <laughs> owner of lottery i'd want to i'd want to travel that would be the main thing i'd probably get myself a new car yeah and then i'd probably you know i'd i'd make some investments i'd invest in stocks and shit. <laughs> do you know what no i honestly don't know it would be that the initial go-to is a new house a new car the ability to know that you are going to be financially secure i'd probably see if i could get i'd buy actually no there you go i'd buy a mansion i'm changing my mind i'd buy a mansion and see if i could get liam gallagher to play his next concert for me <laughs> in the back garden there we go that's you're it re- and i think that would take up my, most of it <laughs> so you're recreating hatfield but in your back garden yeah yeah and yeah <laughs> but just for me <laughs> amazing yeah i think yeah i think that would do it and a new car 
Yeah, I which... feel like you're relatively sensible, but then you're not like a nineteen-year-old. <laughs> so you know, maybe that maybe that's what people do when they get old and boring. They turn around and think, "Oh, I just just want some stability. Steady. Just want." Some I'm, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Liam Gallagher playing in my back garden. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon he probably doesn't command a huge fee anymore, comparatively to 150 million quid. I'd probably pay someone to edit this podcast as well. Give me some time <laughs> back. <laughs> Amazing. Should we actually see how much um, Liam Gallagher costs? If you can. Why are you doing that? What would you do? So I would be a little bit more, um, how do I say this, flamboyant um, than you would be. Um, More than you already are. More than I already am. So my mansion, palace, would be like, do you know, Roman white column style? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think Greek Parthenon, but in the outskirts of London somewhere. Because or Caesar, I think, Caesar's Palace in Vegas. Yeah, Caesar's Palace <laughs> in Vegas, fountains and shit like that, statues of me all over the place. Um, <laughs> the only thing that I think is if you win 150 million quid, do you reasonably think that you can move on to like the average house on the average street with that much money and that much wealth? Because do you not think that once people find out, potentially as well, in terms of like security and that sort of thing, you'd probably be a little bit more at risk for, for your No, that, and that's what I'm saying. I'd, I'd go somewhere... Like, well, you know, one of these gated estates or something. Right. Okay. I understand. That's that's probably what I would do. You know, you're going to go into an area where that kind of person already is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that's fair. I think my only big vice would be cars. I feel like I'd have to have a house with like a 50 car garage because I'd be like, well, which one do I want for the first of the month versus what (laughs) I want for the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh? Do you know what I mean? That I think would probably be my big big vice. And I think I'd probably have holiday homes. Like I'd like to turn around and be able to spend like three months in the Caribbean and then three months in the Alps and then three. Do you know what I mean? I'd like to be able to do that. But I don't think because I know that when you talk about traveling, you would be you would want to like see as much as possible if that makes sense yeah see whereas i'm a little bit different i think i just like the consistency of being in a different environment that i knew for a period of time if that makes sense so i think that would be it for me it'd be cars holiday homes um and statues of myself so that's what i mean <laughs> you know you call me not extravagant but when i say travel it would be like for 12 or 18 months constant yeah. that's what i'm yeah. saying i'd want to see everything i want to see and also, Liam Gallagher, this was from 3rd of July this year. Liam Gallagher was paid half a million pounds to perform at a private 50th birthday for half an hour. Fucking there hell. There you go. <laughs> so if I got him for an hour, that's almost all my money got. No, how much did you say? We'd... 150 no, you said 150 million. million. <laughs> oh, so I could, I could get him for about 10 hours or so, couldn't I? I could, yeah, yeah, I could... you get him for fucking ages. Liam, if you're listening to this and I won the lottery, you'd be able to come over, you'd spend the afternoon... Give it, you know, play in the afternoon and evening. Just let me know if that would sound like a uh, a go. Did you, do you want me to say something really offensive? It, to me or him? To him. Uh, oh, go on. Then I can always choose to cut it out. <laughs> you can always cut it out. He can only do half an hour sets because there's not many songs he's known for anymore. Get out. Get out. <laughs> Get out. Get out. I think Liam's right. great. 
we're we're gonna have to have to have to call it there, unfortunately. Now that we've turned around and wound up another one, who was it previously? Did we wind off Microsoft or Xbox or something? Well, the same it's, it's everyone at some point. It is everyone at some. Well, no, point. you've you've wound him up. I've I've said I'd pay him five hundred thousand pounds, or, yeah, or I'd probably true. hire him for three hours. There you go. Just as a separate note as well, and this is going to be like our end of the podcast chat. Did you ever see that interview with him where he turned around and talked about how different it is being a rock star now versus in the nineties? No, he was making a cup. Of, he was making a cup of tea backstage, and he turns around. He was like, "Back in the nineties, he was like, I'd have some little fucker putting the water in the kettle, some fucker turning it on, some fucker stirring the cup." He said, "Now all all the music's on streaming." He said, "I've got to do all this myself." <laughs> he he is great. There, there's a documentary about them when they were in their heyday and it might have been actually i can't remember if it was before they recorded the first album or when they became famous and they went away they they went to this house somewhere in england to record the next big album and like they got on so badly like i think one of them one of the brothers it might have been Noel was hit, or hit liam or liam hit Noel with like a cricket bat they said they just got so <laughs> angry at something they were just going at each other with like cricket bat i mean that's superb well, I feel like the slander of Liam Gallagher is probably an appropriate way to end an episode. On one side, on one side. I think my my love and adoration for him out, outweighs your uh, slander. Yeah, I, I, think. I, I think that's true. I think that's true. Because I think that, you know, Dan, e- even if he didn't win the lottery tomorrow, would still try and find a way to come <laughs> up with 500 grand. <laughs> Liam, Lou wouldn't before. be invited. Li- li- <laughs> Lou wouldn't be invited to the garden concert, don't worry. I, I can make the tea if he wants someone to <laughs> yeah, make the tea. You go, yeah. You know, I'll I'll make the tea. I'll make the tea. It'll be fine. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, if you enjoyed our episode um, and do have any comments, if you're a lottery winner and you decided (laughs) to blow your winnings, do get in contact. You can send us a tweet at Casting Views or pop us an email. Or send us 50 quid. Or send us 50 quid. Or, or if you, did you know what? If you know anybody who did win the lottery and have seen one of those big comedy checks, I'd love to know <laughs> if you get to keep them. <laughs> Joking aside, there's got to be loads of lottery winners. If, if you have, yeah, tr- let us know. We'll, we'll have a proper conversation with you. Yeah, honestly, it'd be amazing to turn around and get someone like that on. But yeah, you can um, pop us a tweet at Casting Views or you can send us an email at castingviewspod at gmail.com. Um, and we'll leave you with we know there are many podcasts from which you can choose so we thank you for listening to cast in views if i want your opinion i will give it to you come on take what we've got because you need it don't make us get